0: Before we begin our show today, we wanted to let all of our listeners know we are now a Mixcloud Select program on Mixcloud.com. Thank you to our very first Mixcloud Select subscribers. Our episodes will always be free to listen to. And if you're not a Mixcloud Select subscriber and you love the music as much as we do, for the cost of a few cheap 78s each month, you can download our episodes without any listening limitations. And part of your subscription supports our show directly and makes sure our musical artists and their estates are compensated fairly and legally. All right, let's put on a record. Welcome to Stories from the Stylist. I'm Mark Harley-Wilson. And I'm Tim Peterson. Tim, I'm so excited
1: for today's episode. Do you know why? I do indeed. We have very special guests.
0: Yeah, we're going to actually start bringing guests to our show. And today, we'd like to introduce
1: our wives to the show. I'm so excited that we've got these guys here. We really believe
0: that listening to any kind of music will always bring out great stories. So we thought we'd start close to home and bring on your wife, Martha. Hi, Martha. How are you? Hey, Mark. And who do you have here with you today, Tim? Well, I've got your lovely wife, Leslie. Hi, Leslie. Hi. All right. Well, without any further ado, let's start with our first pick. Hi, Martha. So what we'll do, you pick two songs. I'm going to pull a picture up of it because I'm forgetting the name of it unless you know off the top Just of your head. Just
2: Leave the Dishes in the Sink.
0: It is leave the dishes in the sink, comma, ma. Ma. Yeah. And it is a Foxtrot, uh, Spike Jones and his City Slickers with vocal refrain by Del Porter. And we do this nerdy stuff where we say record number 20-1628. It's a later Victor record. Hmm. Uh, Now partnered with the Radio Corporation of America, otherwise known as...
2: RCA. Yes.
0: Well done. You you You, can't
2: you can't be thinking too hard.
0: (laughs) You've discovered the secret to our (laughs) podcast. Absolutely. You feeling ready to listen to this first song and then we'll talk about it. Sure,
2: yeah. Bring it.
3: in a-running when he heard the whistle blow. The postman brought a letter, an airmail from our Joe. It said, I've come back safely from across the ocean blue. Then Pa took off Ma's apron and he hollered out, Yahoo! I'll leave the
4: dishes in the sink. I'll leave the dishes in the sink.
3: Each dirty plate will have to wait. Tonight we're going to celebrate.
5: Leave the dishes in the sink.
3: <laughs> Paul started in a jiggin' And he cried, ball shake a leg. I'm going down the cellar. Cause there's cider in the keg. The bologna's in the icebox. There's cheese and pickles, too. We'll call in all the neighbors. Cause tonight's our night. Yahoo! I'll leave
4: the dishes in the sink.
3: Bye. Each dirty plate will have to wait tonight we celebrate Leave the dishes in the sink Sigh <laughs> began a Finland and the dancing was begun and Grandpa took his coat off and he yelled, Partners, everyone! So each one picked a partner and they counted out one, two. And Ma, she twirled so pretty, they all hollered, Yahoo! Oh! The, the, the dishes in the sink. Each dirty plate will have to wait. Tonight we're going to celebrate.
4: Leave the dishes in the sink.
3: And while they were dancing the door flew open wide and everybody stopped and sergeant joey stepped inside he shouted out attention and everybody knew to bother with the dishes was not the thing to do I'll leave the dishes in the sink I'll leave the dishes in the sink each dirty plate will have to wait tonight we're gonna celebrate leave the dishes in the sink
2: Yeah, that was awesome.
0: You liked that?
2: I did. It's just really fun. There's that, you know, the army pack is is singing together.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I really love this. You, gotta, you really have to yell out to Ma to leave the dishes because she is hankering. She just can't wait to get in and wash those dirty dishes because there's really just nothing she likes more. Than spending time washing dishes. <laughs>
0: I think it's true, though. I mean, anytime I'm at any kind of a dinner event, I've seen my wife, my sister-in-law, my mother-in-law, maybe not my mother so much, and I'm not sure, no, and she, my wife is shaking her head, no, always in the kitchen doing the dishes, and I feel horrible, and I o- used to think it was a punishment that they were, you know, doing this to spite me because, but... You know that's a horrible way to <laughs> to think <laughs> of things. Do you do your dishes? Like you feel like, oh, there's dirty dishes. I gotta get those done.
2: Yes, yeah, yes. There's a whole power struggle around the dishes, sure. Right? there's like the the they're they're endless. yeah. and um relentless, the yeah. dishes are relentless.
0: they don't go away. yeah, I think in the song, I would agree. yeah, but
2: Ma just can't wait to spend time in the kitchen with the dirty dishes.
0: Do you think, yeah, do you think it was, uh, was it offensive? Like, do you think, like, a you know, more for that time? Offensive? No. No.
2: No. It's it's funny. There's that, that joyous kind of camaraderie in the singing Yeah. that really comes through that just reminds me of, <laughs> we just had very little music around the house. We had, you know, a dozen records. Half of them were Christmas records, and then the rest were early musicals, and one of them was, Oh, What a Lovely War. This is, you know, a little further on, so it's, you know, Oh, Little Lovely Wars, World War I. This is like the equivalent, the, the update to World War II with that same sort of
0: joyous take on the war. It's Yeah, there's a lot of spirit in this song, and that's one of the fun things about it. I mean, do you know Spike Jones's other stuff? In fact, I think the hit is on the other side of this record, which is Cocktails for Two. And usually Mm -mm. they're his songs, usually they're parodies. They're sort of, they start off kind of serious maybe, and then they suddenly get really silly. And this one's just a celebration, right? They've got this great thing to sing about. And that's that's nice. I don't know that uh, you really hear songs like that anymore.
2: Maybe equally as celebratory, but people don't sing about their mothers anymore much, really. Uh, I would say that that's a waning topic.
0: Yeah. How does that fit in with music? I'll bring music into that. If I ask, do you like music? It's a stupid question, but.
2: See, I'm the worst person to ask, what do you like? Why? I don't keep track of it. I, I have my little playlists and Spotify has actually helped a lot with that to keep track of things that you like. Yeah. Spotify is the musical equivalent of Pinterest. Yeah. You can start to learn about, if you don't already know, what it is that you like by saving it, organizing it in the same way that Pinterest does. When you collect images that you like and you put them together, it can be really revelatory. Like, I had no idea that I liked that thing. So yeah. when I first started putting my playlist, what I realized was that I liked music in three, four time. Mm. You know, I'd have my little playlist of of 20 songs and 15 of them would be in three, four time. And waltzes.
0: It was, waltzes?
2: No. <laughs> it sounds like, right, you think like, oh, well, three, four time it's waltzes. But right. it's, it's a, there's a syncopation yeah. there. Um,
0: Can you think of an example, like anything that pops in your mind? It doesn't have to be like your favorite song, but that would fall on that list?
2: The Stranglers off a of Feline, Golden Brown. Yeah. But that's interesting because it's the reason that's an interesting song is because it's not just three four it actually breaks into uh five six it has a little section it's its main chorus has a little but dum bum bump and it adds a little so it's a little off which is what makes it so interesting Golden Brown
4: fine through the age's she's heading west from far away. For a day, never a frown with brown.
0: I know The Stranglers, but I don't really listen to their stuff. Is that a song that like you picked it out, or you kind of knew the it's band? It's like one of my
2: favorite songs.
0: And the band, too? just just the song?
2: I like The Stranglers a lot. Yeah. Uh, but really, that album, and particularly that song.
0: Yeah. Something you grew up with? No. When did you discover it? Was Tim the...
2: No, that was kid? the 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 boyfriend previous to oh, Tim.
0: Interesting. I don't know. That always bothers me when I hear my wife talk about like, oh, yeah, that guy. <laughs> and he, <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah, honey, that's great. Okay. Because uh, husbands get a little jealous sometimes. It happens. Of course. <laughs> the um no, I appreciate you just sort of thinking this through a little bit because that's kind of the idea like we're we're kind of warming our brains up a little bit, thinking about all right what what are the hooks in my brain what what's the music that sort of settles there? Were you surprised by the song at all, or was it exactly what you thought it was going to be?
2: I actually didn't see the comma ma <laughs> so I thought it was going to be some song about the the husband uh entreating his wife to leave the dishes in the sink.
0: Well, it kind of was that, right? Back in those days, and I certainly saw this with my grandparents, you know, my grandfather always called my grandmother, mother.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Any other thoughts on, on this record or song or anything you wanted to mention?
2: Mm, no. You?
0: I don't think so. But sometimes stuff hits you later after you hear it. Would you play this again? Would Would you put it on a list or it was nice to hear it once?
2: I don't know. I'd hear this again.
0: Yeah. I think I I could, too. I mean, it's in my collection. I actually hadn't really heard it before. I mean, I know the song on the other side. So you've inspired me a little here.
2: Oh, good.
4: I've got a girl The sweetest girl, oh boy she really has the stuff She's got the kind of love I like, the kind you never get enough Three times a week I used to creep, beneath her balcony I'd be We'd bill and coo from eight till two, but that's all history. Now my My girlfriend girlfriend doesn't like me anymore. She tells the neighborhood I'm just a bore. I used to be the only one that kissed her on the cheek. But now I hear she gets her kissing further down the street. All because I call a Sunday night. A fuse blowed out, we didn't have a life. It was darkest darkest pitch. I was hunting for the switch. Now my girlfriend doesn't like me anymore. Oh, let's swing it. She tells the neighborhood I'm just a boy. I used to be the only one that called on her each night. But now she gets her loving from the left and from the right. Today I saw her walking down the street. A banana peel got mixed up with her feet. As the sidewalk kissed her back, I up and made a funny crack. Now my girlfriend doesn't like me anymore.
1: It's me, your husband, Tim. Hello, husband. Hello, wife. So this was the second song that you chose. This is more fun. My Girlfriend Doesn't Like Me Anymore by the Shelton Brothers.
2: The banana got mixed up with her feet? That's pretty great. What is that? So he made a, when she fell on her back, he made a crack?
1: Well, he got fed up. He saw, he saw her with all the other, the other fellas in town. Getting fellers from the left, getting fellers from the right. Man, he was probably pretty damn happy to watch her go slip and fall on her back. Would you say old time country music like this has an appeal for you? <laughs> Ha-ha. Whoa, sorry, that wasn't even on purpose.
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely! It's this is it's great. I love this stuff. I'm sure, like my parents probably would have loved that.
1: Mark was asking a little bit about uh, music when you were growing up. So you listened to a lot of Oscar Brand in your household growing up.
2: Well, there you go. That's a great parallel, don't you think? Body folk songs, many of them I learned by heart. That was one of our first... first Well, it wasn't really a date, right? We're hanging out with Franks. We're hanging out. And that was how I intrigued you
1: initially. Martha wooed me by singing a song called Turds, Turds, Marvelous Turds. There
3: was an old lady who lived on Lynch Street. Her passage was blocked up from too much to eat. She took stomach pills without reading the box. Before she could strip, turds were flying like rocks. Torla, Torla, Tor-la. 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 A rolling stone gathers no moss, so they, they say, say, sing along. Sing along with, the birds. with the birds. It's, it's a wonderful song, but it's all about, about turds.
1: I kid you not. It's true. This guy, Oscar Brand, saying there are endless amounts of uh, folk song records. It's called Body Songs and Backroom Ballads, Volume Seven, Volume Eight, Volume Twelve, Volume Fifteen. They just they, there's an endless <laughs> number true. of Body Songs yeah. and Backroom Ballads. Yeah. Oscar Brand ran a great show on Canadian television in the '60s. That was kind of the parallel to the Pete Seeger show. Pete Seeger had a great television show on like NBC or CBS or something, and he would bring in wonderful musicians, like blues musicians and jazz musicians, and so on. And they he had a rocking chair and an old wooden table and a kind of a fake door in the middle of the soundstage. And um, Oscar Brand did a similar thing in Canada. So you feel like it was a good choice this this tune. Oh, it's
2: great choice. And well, it's you know, and that's one of these little. Songs that you know gives me the little peek into why you guys do what you do because there are all these hidden
1: gems. The surprises are fun, the
2: surprises
1: awesome. Well, thank you for choosing these magnificent tunes and thank you for uh humoring us by talking about some tunes.
2: Oh, my pleasure! So much
5: fun. Down in New Orleans, where everything's fine, all of them catches, drinking that wine. Mess of their
4: delight,
5: and when they get high, they start singing all night. Drinking wine, body, only drink wine.
6: Wine, body, only drink wine. Wine, body, only drink wine. Awesome. Wow. Drink that mess.
1: Drink that mess.
6: Drink that mess. (laughs) This is amazing.
1: So, uh, for the record, could you please state your name and familial association?
6: My name is Leslie Brown, and I am married to Mark Wilson. Thank you for doing this, Leslie. It's a pleasure.
1: So you chose a handful of tunes from some records that I brought. I did. Was it hard?
6: No. No, I will be naturally inclined to pick anything that has wine in the title. Awesome. Although I was looking... Wynoni Harris, is that his name?
1: Oh, good point. That never occurred to me before. (laughs)
6: Mm Wynoni, drinking about wine, Spodey That was fantastic.
1: So that's one of my all-time favorite songs. That that song probably makes top 20 for me. I think about that song on an almost daily basis.
6: (laughs) I can imagine, because you're listening to them as they're getting progressively more drunk, and that last part of the song where there's like like these blowing of horns that are like
5: <laughs> no, and it's just cut sort cut
6: of out. like they are all ripped and having the best time ever.
1: It's a blast.
6: And you can see everyone dancing around them, and it's probably some big barrel in the backyard that's like blackberry mush and some kind of, you know, I don't even know what
1: they do to make the alcohol, but. Well, they they list it all, right? There's elderberry.
6: Yeah, blackberry. There's
1: blackberry. There's cherry. Mm hmm. (laughs) goes on yeah
6: it's just sweet and they don't even know that they're getting even more drunk but it there's such joy to that song and I love how they all speak to each other while they're playing and sort of you know giving each other moments to shine and either they do or they just you know blow their horns ridiculously but you can tell they're just having the best time ever
1: yeah, that's cool. I hadn't re- actually really thought about that. That's kind of like a, a gospel thing too. This call and response deal: preacher hollering out to the, uh, to, you know, hollering out from the pulpit, and and everybody hollering back, and that kind of thing, and 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 going over into popular music that way. I mean, that's how I always saw band leaders, you know, back
6: then. I mean, I remember seeing Cab Calloway in his, I don't remember, he was in his late '80s, and he would, you know, he'd play for two hours. But I think what he did was he fed off of every band member and so he would you know throw the light to someone on stage and they would play their saxophone or they'd play their trumpet and then he would throw it to a drummer and um, and you could tell there was just this dialogue that they were having but they also were just feeding off of each other and and that extraordinary feeling of being I mean I come from the theater world but you know that ensemble where they're just listening and incorporating and playing and dancing and, and just, um, loving each other. And that's, you know, you can, you can hear that in the music, but you also like, you know, to witness that live is pretty extraordinary.
1: Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. So when did you see Cab Calloway? That's pretty awesome. I never got to see anybody of that era.
6: He was at Ravinia actually. Cool. And, um, that was, I know I'm going to tell the story, Mark, cause you don't want me to tell the story. Mark loves stories that always incorporate him into my life. Historically, <laughs> he was working at Ravinia and we hadn't, we, we dated a little bit in high school. Um, but we would see each other occasionally after high school and, um, running to each other. And I went to go see Cab Calloway because that was the kind of music that I loved. And, um, I thought, what a miracle to see someone. I mean, he must have been almost 90 years old. Oh, yeah. Of course, the one entrance that I walk into is the one where Mark is tearing tickets. And it was sort of like, (laughs) awkward. Hello, (laughs) haven't seen you in forever. And... And, and he had that sort of look on his face, like, it's Leslie. And, um, you know, in his mind, like music is playing and it's like, oh, and I'm sort of like, get me the hell out of here
5: quickly. <laughs> oh, no.
6: Yeah. And, but it, it, he, he played and danced and moved and went for hours. I mean, it was, it was two and a half hours, I think. I did. Mark did. Yeah. Yeah. Mark did. Right. And Cab <laughs> Calloway fell asleep, you right. know, 15 minutes into the performance, but Mark got up and took over for him. Yeah, it. it was, um, yeah, I just, and I always, I think in my teen years, I remember seeing Cotton Club. Oh, yeah. And wanting to open a club like that, where wow. you had the sort of the private booths and you had the the seating and the, you know, um, the cigarette girls walking around, and the band leaders, you know, and and these wonderful chanteuses coming out and singing and everybody wearing tuxedos and and gowns. and you know, sort of I just had that feeling about the era. I'm sure there were all these horrible things about that era but Wow.
1: So that's awesome. I'm so glad that you picked that track.
6: Me too. It's uh it's joyful. I love music like that. Throws you back to a time
5: we
0: It's Mark, your husband.
6: <laughs> Hi, Mark.
0: How are you? I am well. You picked this song out. Thank you for again for being here and for picking out songs. What did you think of this song?
6: I simultaneously love this song and also feel it to be rather sort of benign and stock in its, um, you know, how it sort of... Created. I mean, she sort of repeats the same thing over and over, but we don't really know why yeah. she doesn't want you to take everybody to be your friend, and then it just simultaneously doesn't matter because it also is just I don't know. There's something um, to that music and the singing that you just tune into. Maybe it's more just sort of repetitive and meditative and wonderful, but it also it 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 sort of um, brings you to a, a space and time. You can imagine where she is and what she's singing,
0: well, we're in nineteen forty seven mm-hmm. We're in the Decca studio,
6: but it doesn't feel like she's in a studio no, like she could be in a church or a gin joint like it like to me like there's there's a feel to it wherever she could be anywhere
0: and who is she who would we just listen to
6: uh sister rosetta Th- Tharp, yeah, that's why I chose it because it was a DECA record, and I have an affinity to Decca for some reason.
0: Oh, and why do you have an affinity to Decca? Because my
6: dad was in a band years ago and recorded on DECA, so yeah. I tune into anything that looks DECA. Um, and also I think the piano in the background really uh, reminds me of the way my dad used to play. Um, but also Sister Rosetta Tharp. I mean, obviously there's something, you know, um, churchy about her but also she transcends that in some way. And this is speaking having yeah. no understanding of the history or anything it's just sort of the way I apply my own thoughts to the song itself. Yeah. I don't know historically sort of who she was, but I'm sure this the name sounded familiar.
0: The big deal about her was that she was very much a um a church singer. She started very young and became more and more popular within that community, that circuit, if you will, recorded a number of gospel records, but loved this early kind of, you know, she loved the blues, obviously. She loved this early kind of R&B or, you um, you know, music that was happening all around her and then brought a guitar and began playing. And there were those in her community, from what I've understood or seen in documentaries, that, Like, we're just aghast that she would ever bring, like, even a blues guitar into these songs. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, she essentially was. I mean, there are many, many influences, and Tim and I have talked about it, but just like the birth of early you know rock music r&b music it's like coming right out of her Mm -hmm. and i could i could feel her like holding that guitar i mean like even the guitar is she the
6: one playing the guitar oh yeah yeah she's singing and playing awesome and
0: she's kind of plucking it almost i mean it's like almost right up on the on the mic there you know and it's kind of this like plinky plinky plink sort
6: of like there's that, that i mean it is captivating to listen to that
0: was thinking about the story that you were saying she starts telling the story at the beginning of the song she's writing what she's uh, talking to god and then suddenly she starts to sing don't take everybody to be your friend
6: clearly she's been burned or you know been betrayed or saddened by you know trusting someone so no i just pulled
0: up the lyrics sitting at home talking to the lord some old hypocrite has cast your name abroad but you take it to the Lord. He will give you a reward. Please don't take everybody to be your friend. And we go from there.
6: So she was besmirched.
0: Yeah, I guess so, that hypocrite. Yeah. We, we have a lot of those in our lives. Do D- we? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I know a hypocrite if they ran me over with their hypocrite car.
6: Their hypocr
0: <laughs> Their hippo crim
6: And scene.
0: They're hypocorbus.
6: Yeah, and that beat was over a minute ago. <laughs> I think the joke has left the building.
0: <laughs> How do I take this abuse, Tim? I don't understand.
6: That's not abuse. It's just guiding you forward beyond the joke. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what other thoughts do you have? Anything else that that came up for you with this with this record, this song?
6: It reminded me of a time when I I, I sang in a choir when I was thirteen, and um. And it was the kind of choir where we um, we tried to we sang our stuff, which is, you know, Whitey McWhiteville music. And um, but we traveled around and, you know, we got to sing on stage with the Vienna Boys Choir. And that was pretty extraordinary. But we also went to the Good News Church on Howard Street. And I remember, you know, we sort of got up and sang our song and it was, you know, it was, you know, sort of wonderful in its own sort of religious way. Um, and then the women of the church got up and sang, and it w- it was one of those moments where you'll never forget because it evolved into this very high intensity spiritual singing, and then the women were on the floor and and rolling around and you know feeling the Lord, and and we're all these sort of young kids watching this, and I was just blown away by how much the, how you know, the Lord getting into these women and, and transforming the way they, you know, sort of felt and sang. And, um, it it was, um, it was, it was pretty extraordinary. And this is not one of those types of songs where she just goes way out on the deep end, but you can tell there is that, um, that devotion and, uh, that faith and that the Lord will restore you. And um, I just, I have a lot of respect for people who have found that in their life because I don't have that sort of hyper spiritual connection to God or um, although I have felt it in music, you know, I, I, you know, a, a woman will belt something and I will have goosebumps immediately. That's sort of like, I think like that's, that's my connection to God. And so I have such respect for singers like this that, you know, just want to connect spiritually through music. I don't think, and that's,
0: I mean, that's amazing. And I, I don't think that you should discount, you know, the spirit that your group had, you know, I mean, we've certainly, there's a lot of reverence, especially now because so much music I think has come out of Um, You know, as we just said, through gospel music, a lot of African-American influence, you know, over the last hundred years, um, you know, I hear you say like, yeah, we were like Whitey McWhite, white group, but there was a culture that you guys were, you know, singing from, even if, you know, I mean, again, speaking very generally, even if you weren't jumping up and down or anything else. Was probably more
6: reserved. Is that kind of what you're getting? It was. At? It was reserved. And it was beautiful. Because yeah. you know when you stand in, in in uh, you know, it um Symphony Hall downtown and you sing in in that with those acoustics, it that's extraordinary. And when you sing in Europe with the Vienna Boys choir, that's extraordinary. But there has always been a more deeper Um, visceral connection when I listen to music, listening to like the old gospel and the, um, the old spirituals and there's something more sort of connected to the earth and connected to the, to the, to God in my mind. And I'm not discounting anybody's experience doing any of that. It's just for me, it was more visceral to be in a place where it was a small church with just a few, you know, parishioners, but they were overcome by the Lord. And I never felt that singing, you know, the the sort of songs that we sang, but I don't know, maybe on a different level.
0: At that age, would you have wanted to, like join their choir or it was more At 13? just 13. Yeah. No. No, yeah, no, I, I was, I was scared of it, Yeah,
6: but I also was intrigued, you know, yeah. was that sort of like, and, um, and I guess it's the, those are the moments where you sort of think, Oh, am I ever going to find that in my life? Am I ever going to be so moved by something spiritual? I don't know. Yeah. Listening to Buddhist chants, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, maybe I'm turning 50 soon and sort of thinking of like the second half of my life and like, I got to go find some God <laughs> immediately. <laughs> like, well,
0: there's a church I hear I over know. on Howard Street <laughs> Yeah, right. that might. Uh...
6: I mean, yeah, I think it's, it, maybe it is that sort of never ending quest. I don't know. For me,
0: let's put this in context, shall we? 20, 30 years ago, we'd been together for a while. And we were visiting your family for Christmas. And what was my take on Christmas at that time? I will ask you.
6: You are not having it.
0: Yeah. Um, and I wasn't like protesting <laughs> I'm with, Jewish. You know. I will
6: not be participating in this. Right. Because I needed
0: that identity for myself. I wanted that separation. And I think even growing up, and it's still true today, I think there are many, many, I can't you know, speak for all Jews, but I'll speak for most of us, that <laughs> there are, you know, this sort of, at least culturally growing up, it was, that's not who you, who I am. That's not who my family is. It's not what Jewish people do. Um, so how do you separate yourself out from that? Right. And I think even the idea of, uh, and I'm trying to even think, cause I mean, there was gospel music on the radio, you know, growing up in Chicago, I think on Sundays you could tune into something, some station would always have something. Um, and I, I remember kind of listening at some younger age and then kind of turning it off. Like, Oh, I shouldn't be, you know, there's Jesus in that. I shouldn't be listening to that. And I think that's the piece now I, I, you know, I have a lot of respect, certainly, for how this music evolved. I don't know enough about it. I'm sure a lot of it came out of struggle and pain. Um, and that's a hard thing to kind of comprehend as well.
6: Not really when you're Jewish, because most of your music is coming out of struggle and pain. And, and yeah. Jewish music is so sad. The chords that are chosen are so sad that you feel it in your bones, the pain and yeah. anguish. And yet it's also about resiliency well spoken thanks so much I'll come back anytime (laughs) I was
0: going to say I think you and Tim have a nice new podcast now
6: (laughs) son of a Ah.
0: thank you so much for for joining us thank you
6: so much for having me this has been fun
0: Thank you for listening to Stories from the Stylus, And thank you again to Leslie Brown and Martha Hoyle in helping us put this episode together. And a very special thank you to Pastor Shelton and the Good News Community Church on Polina Street in Chicago, Illinois. You can find out more about them on their Facebook page. Thanks for listening to Stories from the Stylist. I'm Tim Peterson. And I'm Mark Harley-Wilson. Our show is edited
1: by the magnificent Mr. Mark Harley-Wilson. And produced by the magnificent Tim Peterson and myself. We want to give a special thanks to our friends, family, and you, the listeners, for tuning in. And also to Steve Rasheed for some technical assistance.
0: And if you'd like to hear more of our episodes, follow up with us, leave us a comment. Please follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or find us on our website, storiesfromthestylist.com.
1: Enjoy what you've heard on this episode. We encourage you to go out and dig for the tunes yourself. A lot of our records were from
0: very small shops as well as independent record stores. Show them your love and your support.
1: Take some chances and it will pay off.
4: Nothing to do all the day through. Nothing to do but worry about
1: you. Next time on Stories from the Stylist. I didn't catch that. I didn't.
0: That didn't strike me as a preachy song. Well, what are you talking about? It's like we're gonna make Grandma turn over again if you do all these different things.
1: I thought they were having a good time.
0: Well, of course they are. <laughs> like poor
1: old Grandma, she didn't she didn't see the light, but we we have seen the light. Yeah. Gin. Should we?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it was such a happy tune. Next time on Stories from the Stylus. Next time on Stories from the Stylist. Next time on Stories
5: from the Stylus.